So welcome to my podcast. I'm sitting just above the gift shop in Highclere Castle, which actually lies behind the castle in the courtyard. And I'm sitting here with Sally Popperwell, a great girlfriend. And she also does the most amazing job running Highclere Castle's gift shop. <laughs> Well, welcome, Sally. Thank you so much for taking some time out to sit with me today. Hello, Fiona. (laughs) Very nice to be here. We have been working quite closely together for the last six months. And of course, you were part of our lockdown bubble doing many different roles. But now we're back in the swing and I've met some very happy guests outside. So what a nice gift shop it was. And and the range of, of, of... Things you had to sell was very exciting. And a man said that to me, not just the women. It was that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. No, it's lovely being back with the proper job, so to speak. It's interesting how much it has changed. So up till now, we had an amazingly international audience. And you had to think about not only the souvenirs that they'd like to have, but the imperative behind how they buy them. So, for example, did we have enough things that were uh, lightweight to go on planes and that sort of thing? But this is now an almost entirely homegrown audience. And in some ways, it's been absolutely marvellous because I've been able to indulge in all sorts of things that I normally would uh, have to be a little more self-controlled over. Ginger pots. (laughs) (laughs) Ginger pots. Lots and lots of lovely ceramic pieces, which are far too big for most of our uh, lovely guests who come in from abroad simply because they can't get them home. But because everyone's been nesting and gardening like mad and redoing their houses and coming to Highclere Castle, I've been able to take advantage of that and buy all these lovely things. So I have to say, I think your husband regards some of them with a slightly cynical eye, shall we say, as he looks at the latest lorry that arrives and, and goes, so that's what, one for you, three for the gift shop, Sally? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do buy them, I hasten to ask. <laughs> I he's do. Quite, but yes, no, it is. Well, I think he's more worried than I might buy them as well. But <laughs> oh, anyway. well, you've got all the lovely originals. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been amazing. And I, I sometimes think back to where it first started. And of course, I, your husband knew my one of my sisters, Alex knew Sarah. And I had met you through um, prep school. Indeed. And then I remember our good fortune when you came to live not so far from here, which was a joy and probably as surprising to you as it was a delight to me. Well, we did end up here really rather by accident as we moved ever further down the A34 looking for somewhere to move. But wonderful accident accident, and looks where it's led to. To start with, Sally, before you arrived, I went up to the NEC with my mother-in-law and she was sort of, she had been buying things for the gift shop and going up with lovely Anne and up we We'd go and choose some things and go and see the suppliers and come back again. And then Geordie came up as well because both of us were trying to create and build a bigger gift shop at that time. Online was not even thought of. And then there were some wonderful women who'd been working here for some time with me. We had an old-fashioned cash till. And if there was a queue, we then had a, a plastic container of empty ice from the old ice cream plastic container in which one of them would go up and say, if you've got to pay my cash, you can give me the cash here sort of thing. It was a very different 
way of doing it from a slightly different world and the excitement as we sold things. And then I started asking Paul and the chef team if they could start making me jams. And I then began to outgrow that. And then Danton Abbey arrived and I had my old nanny cutting out tops for the jam jars. I remember. Do you remember that? (laughs) And then, marvellously, I asked if you would come with Geordie and I to the gift fair at the NEC and you said you would come up for a couple of days because you've got a background of financial and retail and great style. And I remember you saying to me, but Fiona, I'm not going to do more than a couple of days because I value our friendship and that's just it. I'll come do a couple of days with you and that's it. I know. Ten years later, I'm still waiting <laughs> for the couple of year of days to finish. You tread, as you know, a careful path when you're working with friends. But I have to say, it has just been the most enormous fun. It really has. But I never forget my first day when I, I came in and having been up to the gift fair, I said, well, I actually need to get to know the shop and what you what you have and and you were so busy I I spent all day packing and wrapping and sort of didn't come up for air and then I remember going around to Geordie and he's saying sort of well how did it go Sal I said well there's several points that I think that I would make um I think we need a few more cash registers I think bags would be a really good idea for the customers to put all their things in. Oh God. <laughs> and, and the other I thing that, that would be a really good idea is lovely, lovely jam. You're, you're being far too nice for your, to your customers because it's actually costing you more to make the jam than you're selling it for. Mm. <laughs> yes, so. there are a few interesting things. I do remember I found a soap supplier and I was always trying to look for local people and different wrapping scenarios it it was for me a baptism of fire it was not my knowledge of expertise or background and I had done my best and it was such a happy moment when I remember about two months after your two days only I walked into where you now had a desk and it was about seven o'clock in the evening and you were still there I think I offered you a glass of wine actually excellent idea (laughs) so 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 the jams have moved on and we have and we now have the lovely Sue who lives very close by of the pink hair and it's fantastic because she gets all her produce from the local allotment owners every time you need to reorder the jam you have to ring up Sue and say well what have been this season's successes and what have been the failures i.e what kind of jam are you going to make for us (laughs) and you can't guarantee that it's ever going to be quite the same no there's a very good gooseberry jam she's done this gooseberry and something or other Um, gooseberry and strawberry which is absolutely delicious gives a bit of tartness yes i like the way she mix up her her fruit flavors because to be honest i mean lots of people make strawberry jam or raspberry jam and it's very difficult for us to say well ours is any better she does raspberry and rhubarb which again the rhubarb cuts through the the sweetness of the raspberries i've got far too much rhubarb she wants some rhubarb from me i will tell her (laughs) and and gooseberry and elderflower which is one of my favorites and i Um, use that in stews as well yeah it's rather delicious so it's lovely having the sort of never-ending supply of seasonal fruits in a way and nice that they come local I i think it's very important and i try and follow it as much as possible that we have local suppliers for the gift shop and failing that that as much as possible is made in this country I mean, there are a few things that you can't have. For example, take our Egypt, the Egyptian things. So we have scarabs, but they're actually made in Egypt yes. on a fair trade basis. So I feel that that's 
that's good too. They're not made in this country, but then why would they? We don't have a long history of scarabs. But um, they are at least made in Egypt where they live and belong. So You know, I, I think that's also very important. It's just it's choosing, I guess, how you do it. But um, And I do remember going and finding scarabs and Tutankhamun skeletons within little coffins for children and goodness knows what. There, it's many different parts to the gift shops. You can buy a scarab or a ginger pot. So I think there we go. <laughs> and a jar of jam. <laughs> and a jar of jam. And then the hand cream. I've been selling your hand creams because we've got so much hand sanitizer around the castle. So I welcome people saying there is a lot of hand sanitizer. Please use it. Please keep your distance. And at the end, please do go and find the gift shop where you'll find some gorgeous hand cream because the hand sanitizer takes the skin off your hands so there we go yeah. and i've been wearing your coats too modeling them excellent well the the all the, the the hand creams are made by the same little factory which is down towards the west country which is owner run and they do our candles and our hand cream and again it's lovely because the, you, you talk to the man that owns the business and makes everything you get to know the girls who work in the little factory and it's a much nicer way of doing business that a lot of my suppliers I actually have conversations with. It's first name, you deal with the same person year in, year out, and you build a relationship. Well, I find you having coffees and croissants together. Well, that might be part <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's extraordinary where you've taken the whole gift shop to. It's um, an amazing accolade to you with what you've achieved with it. And then, of course, during lockdown, my son, Eddie, and um, Sophie, who was also staying with us, were photographing the gift shop to put much more of it online and then shaping the photographs, which was, I'm not sure his completely idea of joy, but he did a very good job. He's a good photographer. He did an excellent job. No, I think it wasn't quite how he envisaged his lockdown, but... Uh, in lockdown for me, it came just as I felt that I'd put together my best ever year of stock and I was so excited about it and we filled the entire shop ready to get going and for the rooms. and stock rooms for the Easter season. And then of course we were all put into lockdown and I was surrounded by this absolute mountain of boxes and stock. And what to do with no idea of how long we would be locked down for. So the obvious thing was to start building up the website, gift shop website a lot more. And actually it was huge fun because having two sort of really enthusiastic young people to help you and not to mention the fact that they're infinitely better on the computer than I am and it was always somebody around when I needed a young person to because <laughs> I'm such a dinosaur when it comes to technology. I'm not sure I'm that au fait with technology either and I sort of ask Eddie what's this swipe thing or link thing on, on, on Instagram when I'm trying to run but and his fingers dance over the screen and they swipe left and right whereas I can just I sort of press my finger onto the screen and that's that's about the limit of it the biggest role of the eye the eyeballs came when i was trying to move something from my ipad to the office computer with the help of crispin from the it department and he was saying well i need to be able to get in and i was like well i don't know what's the password and eddie was eddie said sally that's your ipad only you know what the password is to that. <laughs> it's no good asking crispin for it <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> it's like oh good point well made <laughs> i had to ring home ask my husband <laughs> oh bloody hell <laughs> 
the thing is sometimes I'm trying to open my phone, but I'm wearing a mask so the phone doesn't open, so you can't do anything, can you? It is quite an extraordinary yes, it's, world sometimes. Sally. It's interesting in the shop too, because of course they were rolling out all the all the had it, I don't this I'm a dinosaur, all that technology where facial recognition for payment on your on your phone. And of course, it doesn't recognise you with a mask on. So now we've got the situation where you have to wear a mask in the shop. But at the same time, if you want to pay on your iPhone, you have to whip your mask off, say, yes, phone, it's me, you know, and put your mask back on again. And everyone says, don't worry about it. <laughs> I think overall, most of your customers are very, you know, socially aware and want to leave the space anyway. So we're most fortunate in that respect, Sally. And the other thing that you've done so well with, which I love, are all the pots that we've done. We've we've got so many beautiful garden pots and use them to separate all the visitors during the summer as yeah. well, which is a much nicer way of suggesting social distancing without reminding people, because I think you need a nice day out. But large pots of beautiful fuchsias and hydrangeas and then the pots by your shop which also people can buy have been really well received and I think that also people get not tired because everyone's being remarkably patient and good humoured but you only need so many notices that say don't stand here keep your distance you know, you sort of do feel a slightly like a harried schoolchild after a while. And of course, we want to make our guests feel like they're having a wonderful day out and not having to every minute of the day is a rule and a regulation and do this and do that. So This is a difficult balance, actually. I completely appreciate that. And some people feel slightly differently to others. So it's different customers personal feelings but I have noticed in your gift shop I went in there last night just to observe the shelves and apart from obviously excellent sale in pots yesterday you also had very empty gin shelves so you have been selling an awful lot of Highclere Castle gin to all of our lovely British customers I am so grateful to them. No it's fantastic gin and beer uh, I think the banqueting manager is is darkly suspicious as, as whether some of it's going by the way of the gift shop girls. You always say the gift shop girls but I think Dunn our computer colleague once said that the age, the combined age of the gift shop girls was older than the castle itself because some of them, you know, have been here for some years, well, which is marvellous. The glorious thing about coming to work here was, and, and I am in my 50s, shall we say, that I was, of course, the youngest person in the gift shop. And it's a very wonderful thing to be made to feel like the young spring chicken <laughs> at my age. So my, uh, she's very sadly, a coronavirus has, has caused a couple of them to decide that at long last they need to retire. I did have a couple of ladies in their 80s who were very, very much determined to carry on as gift shop girls. I do remember seeing a hilarious argument about who was going to climb up the green ladder, you know, which sits on the ground. And I remember Anne saying, so Sally, I'll go up there. And Anne must be in her late 80s. And Sally was saying, no, Anne, I'll go up there. And you Sue or somebody else saying, no, no, I'll go up there. So it was a combination of <laughs> arguing about. And of course, you all went on that manual handling course to guffaws of laughter from absolutely everybody. Yes, which was, and we of course do follow every rule and would never consider standing on a chair these days to reach down things. <laughs> 
<laughs> Except I think I've stood on the old chair to try and get a mobile signal because there is no mobile signal whatsoever in your gift shop. So I lurch across a big brown thing or balance on your chair, which goes round in a circle, which isn't very clever. If you stand on the table in the middle of the room, you can get quite a good signal. So if you ever find a gift shop lady standing in the middle of the table, you'll know why. <laughs> it's, it's a really lovely group of women who are helping you in the gift shop. I mean, Sarah Ede is a complete perfectionist and lines everything up so perfectly that she gets quite annoyed if you sell anything because there's it's an imbalance of three instead of three trays on each pile one's got two and one's got three because you've sold one and, and she becomes completely completely it's, irrational it's about it particularly bad with the tissue paper because she likes to uh, some of the tissue paper it comes in big sheets and sometimes you don't need a whole sheet so you have half a sheet and she is very, very exacting about how you cut the tissue paper oh and she goodness. measures it. But of course, it's now become a game and which I become particularly subversive about because I like to keep myself entertained. And I will <laughs> deliberately cut the tissue, tissue paper with a wonky line and see how long it takes her to notice that somebody has cut the tissue paper in a wonky line. <laughs> so does she recut it straight? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, that's what makes it so lovely, that it is a cast of characters. And I always have a student or two knocking around to sort of do the heavy lifting. But I love the fact that it's not a very large staff, but that it is anyone from the age of 17 to literally 82, and that everyone works together and has a laugh. It's, it's, it's just the most enormous fun. It really is. Whenever there's a lorry delivery for you, Sally, it's inevitably on a Friday afternoon at 3pm. Of course. Inevitably, there's absolutely nobody around to help unload. Certainly and not you a man inside. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hannah and Kat and myself and you and Alice or someone. Yes. An enormous lorry with pallets to come off it. And we're all <laughs> arguing. And then we're balanced trying to put boxes inside other different different sheds. You've got quite a few sheds now because well, you've got various Christmas sheds. I seem to have expanded. You I'm have. very privileged and honoured. And I honoured and I do know that I'm privileged and honoured. I have Camilla's shed, of yep. course, in memory of the lovely Camilla, in which I keep my packing boxes. And then I have Keith's shed, which, which is now which is, which is I keep my tea boxes in. And then I have the stable shed in which I keep my carrier bags in. And I disguise the fact they're mine by calling them by everyone else's names. And then I have two sheds. In fact, no, I have three sheds where I keep all the Christmas decorations. So you've probably got more sheds than anyone else. Shh, don't tell anyone. So we have had Shedgate before now. <laughs> As we've moved everything around from I one know. shed to another. I have to say, Philip, one of the gardeners, he wants a new shed and he wants quite a nice, large, big shed, oh. mainly because the old one's fallen apart. But has he... he been here long enough to deserve a shed? This well, is what... He's been here about 25, 30 oh, years. Oh, OK. Well, I What's guess we think? can let him have a shed then. A new shed. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> but everyone now knows, and there's there's now signs everywhere saying Sally Popperwell, because otherwise we get your deliveries and have to double handle them out. You are now famous amongst delivery men. I don't think you know that. I did get the feeling, and of course there was the wonderful time because the stables obviously have their own inhabitants. I'm convinced that I act as entertainment for them, and they and they do like company. They like you know so every this is time the horses, I there are horses, mm-hmm. so every time you get I go back and forth I chat away to them you must remember your horse Bill 
Bull, who was a very decided character, a large horse. He was 16 hands or so, I think. And Bill had very decided views on his importance in the world and that you were really there to keep him entertained. And I was pottering around in the shop on my own. All of a sudden, I felt this presence behind me. And there was Bill in the shop, haughtless, bridleless. And he had managed to... I'd obviously been ignoring him for far too long. And he'd managed to undo his stable door, walk up the passageway, which is quite narrow and come into the shop to give me a piece of his mind. (laughs) But trying to back Bill down the corridor without anything to sort of lead him by was um, one of my more interesting high clear experiences, shall we say. (laughs) It was quite funny. Well, they actually quite... I think Muffet, the Shetland Pony, also came to visit you, but that's somewhat easy because she's not very big and she's completely adorable. Bill was very big, and I do remember... I do remember these yelps sort of coming from you, and he was very large. He was nigh on 17 hands, and he was perfectly friendly, but he'd just come to have a look around and see what he thought of your stock, probably. Give you marks out of 10. And then we took him back again. I think it's the quirkiness. I hope it's the quirkiness and the the way that different parts of the estate live with each other, Sally, and always yeah, have. And it's the a fantastic team. Compromises we have to make with each other, which are, it's not always easy, but over time, it's it's by far the best way to go. Absolutely. I know I you keep the farm office um, supplied with biscuits, I gather, broken biscuits. I do. I, I have x-ray vision and I can tell when a packet of biscuits is broken without even opening the lid. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been known to bribe the car park people and visit a reception with biscuits as well. <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, we couldn't manage without everybody's help. And the car parkers are absolutely brilliant. I mean, we, as you say, we sell these wonderful pots but some of them are very heavy and the car park is some distance away from the gift shop and without the help of the of the car park boys to manhandle some of these pots into the car it it would be quite tricky sally whenever i come into your gift shop i'm always drawn to the lovely coats although i i have one now in a great olivey green color and, and all the scarves, I love your scarves. I mean, they remind me of scarves like Hermes, but thankfully for my husband, they're somewhat less expensive. But there's some huge silk scarves which I adore, and then there's some great pashminas with wacky bubbles, bobbles on the end of them, which I just love. They make me smile. Well, I am a scarf person um, because a scarf never lets you down. Whatever size you are, if it's a good day or a bad day, a scarf never lets you down. It's a glorious excuse to buy every sort of scarf available and I probably got five six seven eight different suppliers of different styles of scarf at any one point and they're all price points too so I I have sort of jolly everyday scarves that are 11.50 and then as you say I go all the way up to the 100% cashmere pashminas but um, most things are under 100 pounds oh everything is a scarf yeah. for 11 pounds 50 is incredibly yeah. good value and yeah I, I think it's just having fun buying and i've noticed that our visitors have been amazing and thoroughly enjoyed themselves in the gift shop because for all the buying on amazon or on other online gift stores there's something so nice about seeing touching judging in front of your eyes which is just glorious Sal. well it's very hard to buy something by sight alone I mean, you can't tell from looking at a picture of a scarf what it's going to feel like. 
you know, if you're taking the silk scarves, which you were mentioning earlier, I think if you're going to sell a silk scarf, you want it to be that really quite substantial feeling silk twill. And I've got a lovely lady who has just actually, funnily enough, just moved from Brighton to Shropshire, who designs the silk scarves for me. And, you know, they're properly rolled around the edges and incredibly reasonable for what they are. She's a very clever lady. And I love that, that I've got all these little tiny suppliers, which I sort of support, which means that I can stock things that are different than you could get elsewhere, but that are very good quality for the price that we sell them at. I think it's very important to give people value for money. You know, we are very grateful that they're coming to Highclere Castle and they're coming to the gift shop. And I want it to be a really happy experience that they get things that they don't see everywhere else without breaking the bank or without feeling that they're being taken advantage of. I think that's very important. I do. I mean, I don't know whether we can combine a silk scarf with one of my Christmas Highclere books. And I sort of hope that is going to be a good Christmas gift this year. But it's just it might be something extra. We can see how we do that. And I know you always ask me to sign every book that you sell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we only sell the books that you've written, which are absolutely fantastic. And And it makes them extra special if you've signed them. So yes, pen in hand. If you're very good, you might be able to have a glass of wine later. <laughs> but you have to sign 300 books first, please. Yes, I know. I think, I think you've actually run out of the at-home Highclere books. I have. So I, I have. do need to go and sign those. And that's, um, it's been lovely because they're heavier to take to America. Though you, I know you can buy them on Amazon, but they're not signed then. But we've sold quite a few in this country and people have actually asked for it. And there's a author you sort of you you sort of wonder whether anyone's going to write buy it or write to you and say they've enjoyed it or anything else and it is exciting with someone I wanted that at home book it's so it's so nice and every single book I embark on I have that same tremendously nervous feeling whether whether I can write whether I whether anyone's going to buy it whether it's what it's going to look like and they look beautiful. I mean, both the At Home and the Christmas at High Clear have the most stunning photography. They are very beautiful books. Oh, Sally, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. And obviously, you've been very kind helping with the editing of it. And we're, I'm beginning to embark on my next book as well. So I suppose there'll be more books to add to the garage, which I should be signing. And I suppose that, Sally, is where I should go next. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. We've got to crack on. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for joining me here it's today, Sally. It is such a joy working with you here and I I feel very lucky and very privileged that you've kind of joined Highclere and we have a lot of fun together actually. We do, I love every minute of it. Oh, thank thanks, you. Uh... <laughs> If any of you've got any questions from this podcast or wonder further about whatever we've talked about, please do email in. We've set up an email address called podcast at highclearcastle.co.uk or if you also go on to my blog, which is www.ladycarnarvon.com, you can see that every Monday I post a blog and I also try to answer the comments and some of the comments sometimes refer to other questions as well, which I'm delighted to answer. So do share your thoughts with us and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.